Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the makeshift camera situation... Uh, here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show that has never missed a trained producer more. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. Pickle is out today. Mallory's out today. I'm the emergency quarterback. Um, and look, sometimes you just got to call quarterback power over and over and over and turn another microphone or another camera because this one, there's one right here that is not working, even though I can, whatever. Um, anyway, but joining us today, the college football insider for Dave Campbell's Texas football, it's Mike Craven. Hey, buddy. Hello, everybody. How's it going? I'm glad you wore that shirt today. Yesterday, we had a harrowing experience. <laughs> um, I walked in and I was wearing just a Dave Campbell's polo. Right. Dave Campbell's polo. Mike walks in. Mike is wearing the same Dave Campbell's polo. Okay, not a big deal. Mike Craven's a man of style. If I'm going to look more like Mike Craven, not a bad thing. Man of style. That's a new one. That's a new one for me. But there was one other issue, and that is that our boss, Adam, was also wearing the same polo. And so I don't know about you. I woke up this morning, and I said, I'm going to wear a shirt that I know nobody else has. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, went, I went back to my normal button-up white tee underneath look or whatever. I, honestly, on Monday, it was like, it's so hot outside. I don't want to put on a white tee and a button-up. I'm just going to wear this collared shirt. How, how long does it take you to pick out your clothes in the morning? Like, do you sit there and really – because, like, I just grab stuff. So it's, like, it's – um, I'm probably – grand total of 45 seconds yeah um i might be like uh not today and that's the extent of my discernment here and then just grab the next thing mine depends on my sneakers uh see you're you're bottom up type right you know what i mean i get that today is tuesday august 9th 2020 207 days until thanksgiving uh, happy birthday to Dion Sanders. Uh, happy, uh, it's episode 1,431, I think. I wrote in the notes. There we go, 1431. On today's show, folks, we've got Mike Craven in, and so we're, and we are dangerously close to college football season. Like, very close to college football season. Yeah. Um, and so we are going to get you ready for college football season uh, by talking about all 12 of the FBS teams in the state of Texas in a segment that we're going to call Speed Dating. Um, we'll explain what that is coming up here in just a moment. But first, let me introduce you to our first four through the door, which were Aaron Arabuckle, Just Chad, Andrew Christensen, and Coach Terry Crawford. Okie dokie, Michael. Here's what we're going to do. And let me see if I can get the graphics up. 
Do you like when I call you Michael? <laughs> it's just, it just catches me off guard because, like, really, it's just my mom. I call I call you Michael, and I'll call Step Matthew every once in a while. Yeah. Um, it's a power play. But, like, Will Will does go by William, like, a fair amount. Yeah. Even though I just kind of know him as Will. I don't call Powers Gregory, though, because that would be <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um, all right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do college football speed dating. There are 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas. Perhaps you, you knew that. And if you are a Texas A&M fan, I don't have to talk you into being interested in Texas A&M, right? You know everything you need to know about A&M, probably. You're pretty fired up about the Aggies. But there's 11 other college football programs, and it's our job today to get you excited about each and every one of those uh, teams. So here's what I'm going to do, Michael. Pull out my my phone, and I'm going to have a timer. We're going to go speed dating. We're going to do two minutes on each team yep. and what the the goal of this at the end of the two minutes is have the a neutral fan say you know what i am going to check out a north texas game i am going to check out a if you're a, you know i'm going to check out a, a texas longhorns game or something like that even if you have no interest in them, okay this yep. is you're giving us elevator pitches for each of them i've randomized these mike does not know what order they're coming in so this is really just kind of catching you by surprise so. Yeah, I uh, I'm gonna be impressed if I can do two minutes for each school out of twelve. That's pretty good. Well, I'll help you here. Okay, we're gonna start the first one. Two minutes starting now, Mike. Why should I be interested in the North Texas Mean Green? That's a great question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not start, a great start. <laughs> starting off with the you know, change up. Um, you know, honestly, I, I think their offensive development is really interesting, right? They brought in three transfer quarterbacks to compete with two guys that were coming back, you know? So that, that's, a, that's a crowded quarterback room. You know, Seth Luttrell says Austin Ani is the starting quarterback until somebody comes and takes that job. Well, this is a quarterback room that threw 12 touchdowns last year and threw 14 interceptions last year. And that's with 13 games, right? So they weren't even averaging a touchdown pass per game. That has to change. They brought in Grant Gannell, who I think is probably the odds-on favorite to be the starting quarterback. He broke records in the state of Texas at St. Pius X, right, when he was there. So uh, I think the passing offense is going to be better. And if you're looking for reasons for excitement with North Texas's offense, that running game is going to be good. Yes. Right? Four returning starters on the offensive line. They have a fullback for a head coach, right? So they're going to be physical. They ran for, I think, 32 rushing touchdowns last year, which were second most in school history. So they do lose DeAndre Torrey. But anybody who listens to me talk about football on Republic of Football knows that I'm more of an offensive line dictates your running game more than your running back does. I think they're going to be uh, perfectly fine at at running back. And so I I think the offense is going to be better. The offense is going to be a lot better. And if we flip it to the other side of the ball, Phil Bennett's a genius, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's not many defensive coordinators with more acumen uh, than Phil Bennett. That team's going to be better. Katie Davis, I would say, is the most productive linebacker in the state. He's 93 or 94 tackles away from breaking the all-time record uh, for tackles at, at North Texas. And they have an interesting schedule. They start week zero at UTEP. That's kind of a make-or-break game. A lot of these schools we're going to talk about are moving conferences next mm-hmm. year. So if you're an administration, you're watching this year and going, we, if we're not competing at Conference USA level, how are we going to compete at the American? So for Seth Luttrell, I think this is a really important year uh, because if they don't get to six, seven, eight wins, you know there may be changes coming at, at North Texas as they move to the American because it's the perfect excuse to go, hey, we're moving to a new conference. We're going to move into a new direction. Wow. Mike, you went over two minutes on North Texas. I, I think we're going to be just fine. 
Um, so, so okay, that's 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 excellent. I'm now interested in North Texas. I will say this about North Texas: there are other teams in the state of Texas that I think are going to be plotting, and they're going to win a lot of games, like. 24 to, to 21. If you're a neutral who just wants to flip on a TV and be entertained and be like, yeah, it's probably going to be pretty pointsy and like they're going to get up and down, North Texas might be that team. I think they can, they, they're going to be able to a little pointsy. So, okay. There's one. We're one out of 12 is done. Now, Mike Craven, talk me into why should I be interested in the TCU Horned Frogs? I think TCU is a very interesting team this year, right? Like when you switch coaches after 20 plus years, things get fascinating. What is that offense going to look like? Uh, you know, it's a, a, a different offense, right? I mean, it's going to be pretty similar to what they were running when like Trevor Boykin was there, but like it's going to be an air raid system offense. It's going to put up points. Quentin Johnston, maybe the best, most talented wide receiver in the state, 6'4, can jump over anybody. Um, so he's going to get a lot more chances this year. Uh, I think the leading receiver last year was under 40 receptions, you know, so that's going to change, you yeah. know, like there's going to be guys with 60, 70 catches. Tay Barber in the slot's going to be really good. I also like the running back room a lot. Like, yeah. and I know that sounds weird because Zach Evans left, but Kendra Miller's really good. Amani Bailey, the transfer from Louisiana, is really good. Um, so they have a stable of running backs back there. You talk to the coaches, they say their offensive line is their best unit, so I, I think they're able to run the ball. And then I don't know if you find this interesting, but TCU gave up a lot of points last mm-hmm. year. You know, like that defense was not very good. That front seven was awful. I think teams averaged, I had it written down right here, teams averaged 5.8 yards per carry on TCU. Yeah, scored 34 rushing touchdowns against TCU last year, right? It's got to be among the most in the nation. Yeah, right? it's really bad. And so we're, we, Everybody who's watched TCU over the last 20 years is used to that 4-2-5 defense that Gary Patterson popularized and is run by you know maybe 50% of the programs across the state. Uh, they're doing something different. They're going to be a 3-3-5 team under Joe G- uh, Gillespie. They're bringing in a lot more big guys. I think that helps the linebackers. And you have D winners back there, Marcel Brooks, Shadrick Banks, guys that are really athletic, right? Mm-hmm. If they can stay free, if that defensive line can just eat up blocks and you let those guys run and go hit – I think those linebacker core can be one of the more fun linebackers to watch in the state. You add in a really good secondary, and uh, I think they're in for a, an improvement. I think if you want to watch TCU, though, it comes down to the quarterback play. Is it going to be Max Duggan? Is it going to be Chandler Morris? Like, what direction does that team go at quarterback? Because they didn't bring in a transfer quarterback, and we all thought that they would, right? Mm-hmm. So that means that Sonny Dykes is, is okay with either of those guys. Um, yeah, if you're interested... They uh, the 5.79 yards per carry allowed is worse than Vanderbilt, worse than FIU, New Mexico State. Um, that's bad. Worse than Rice. Like they were like that's very bad. So I, I think that you're right. They're one of the more intriguing teams in the state, and I think that my kind of my my read on them. And you you are the host of Republic of Football, so you um, you can back me up on this, or you can tell tell me to kick rocks. I think they might be the most high-variance team in the state this year. Like, they are the team that, if you told me, hey, I'm from the future, and TCU went 3-9, and nine, I might believe it. And if you came to me and said, I'm from the future, and they went not they went 10-2 and two and they played in the conference championship game, I'd be like, yeah, I can see that too. I think there's a little bit, of, like, 
there's there's a, a big range of outcomes, I think, for TCU in the first year under Sonny Dykes. I think that's true for a lot of teams in the state. Just because there's so many first-year coaches, there's so many new quarterbacks or like uncertain quarterback rooms, I would put Texas probably in the top mm-hmm. spot there. Mm-hmm. Just because, I mean, if they went 5-7 and seven again, I could be like, yeah, I could see Texas yeah. not achieving what they were supposed to do. If they went 11-1 and one and only lost to Alabama, mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's the most talented team in the state on yeah. paper, right? So, like, yeah, I do think there's a few teams that have those huge variances. All right. That's two teams down. We're speed dating here on, college, on Texas football today. I'm over here, by the way, because the camera's not working. Let's now, Mike Craven, two minutes. Why should I be interested in the UTEP Miners? Oh, man, that's my adopted team. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, going to be the easy one. This uh, is yeah, the layup. Yeah. Uh, you know, Gavin Harrison's going to go throw for over 3,000 yards, so that's always exciting, right? And they're not the team that throws the ball 80 times a game and it adds up to a 300-yard passing game. They throw it like 12, 15, 20 times a game, and it gets to 300 yards passing because mm-hmm. it is down the field. Like, they are a vertical passing team. Uh, so that's always exciting to watch. I think they have the, one of the best front sevens in the state. I got crushed on Twitter for ranking UTEP <laughs> yeah, you as one of as one of the top front sevens in the state. And again, that's a pound-for-pound pound ranking. I think pound-for-pound, pound, you know, for Conference USA, mm-hmm. UTEP's defense is better than most Big 12, you know, like Texas' defense in the Big 12 or even A&M's front seven in, in, in SEC, right? Like, they have really, really good players in that front if, seven. If you're looking for, like, a show-stopping defense player, Praise Mawale is a show-stopper player. Right. Play that play whole maker. defense line, like, J.J. Yeah. and Taylor on the other side of them, like, they're going to race to the quarter. I bet they combined for more than 20 sacks mm. this year, right? Keenan Stewart at nose, nose tackle is a really good really good player my question for UTEP and it's kind of bubbled up publicly over the last couple of days Breon Hayward their linebackers out of eligibility mm-hmm. and they're trying to apply for a waiver and he's still on the roster and he's still there at, in El Paso like at practice but if the season started today he's not playing mm-hmm. so who becomes that middle linebacker I, I think that's a big deal and then on the other side of that you know they don't have much experience at cornerback so they could give up as many points as they get. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's a team that can get big plays and give up plays, which is always exciting. And then from a like just a school you know perspective, if they go to a bowl game again this year, that's only the third time in school history UTEP's gone to consecutive bowls. I know that sounds yeah. wrong, like insane, but it would only be the third time that they've ever done that. Um, so it's history out there. You know, they're going to be one of the remaining programs of Conference USA, which could really give them some footing in that conference to be a contender. I think this is a really important uh, year for Dana Dimmel just to kind of show that last year you know, wasn't a fluke and that this is what UTEP is from now on. Well done, Michael. Um, I think you're right. You said that the last part I think is really, really big is this is a critical year for them to establish themselves as a perhaps a power in the new reconstituted Conference USA that if they have a big year, then everyone else kind of leaves and they're like, hey, we are among the best teams left. And, and that can kind of it should be part of a sea change there for them that, that it could, yeah, yeah, nobody likes getting left behind, but like it could be positive for them. And so. you need to go to the Sun Bowl one time in your life. Yes. Like it's just, it's a, an experience inside of a super, stadium that is different than anywhere else in the state. It's a super cool stadium. All right, we're speed dating here. Um, we are now going to our fourth FBS team. Mike Craven, tell me why I should be interested in the Houston Cougars. Oh, they could go 12 and 0. 
right? Like, well, there's I mean, a selling point. Yeah, I mean, Houston Houston has a legitimately legitimate shot to be the Cincinnati of 2022, right? Like, they don't play Cincinnati in their regular season schedule. If they were to play, face the Bearcats, it would be in the AAC championship game. Clayton Toon, excellent quarterback. Tank Dell, maybe the best slot receiver in, in the G5 level. Dana Holgerson said that he was the second best slot receiver he's ever coached next to Tavon Austin. That's high praise. <laughs> Because Tavon Austin was well incredible, and Dana Holgren says an inside receivers coach by yes. trade, like that's what he was for Mike Leach, right? Like that's who he is, right? So he's coached a lot of good slot receivers, including like Wes Welker, Danny Amendola, Danny Amendola all those guys, right? That played for the Patriots. So uh, he knows slot receivers. Tank Dell's going to be uh, really good at that. Um, but if they can get through the road games at Texas Tech and at UTSA, like they have a legit shot to be undefeated, mm-hmm. and if so, like crash that college football playoff party if things r- work out right. Mm-hmm. You know, like as long as there's not you know multiple undefeated you know FBS champions out there or Power Five champions out there. So I think offensively they're going to score forty plus points a game, right? It's a Dana Holgerson offense. They have talent everywhere. Doug Belk is the best young defensive mind in this country. He turned down the Notre Dame defensive coordinator job to stay at Houston, right? He's an over a million dollar a year DC who's going to be a head coach sooner rather than later. To the point where Holgerson and I I think this is funny cuz I know Holgerson is doing this to help Doug Belt's career but also so Dana Holgerson doesn't have to do it as much. But one of the week's press conferences that happens every week for Houston, coach Belt just does it. <laughs> Right, like Holgerson doesn't show up to the Tuesday press conference availability. It's just Doug Belk, and that doesn't happen anywhere else in the state. It's all head coaches. They don't really let their coordinators and their assistants talk very much. So that third ward defense is really good. Sack Avenue defensive line with DeAnthony Jones leading the way is going to be really, really good again. Is their secondary going to be as good without Marcus Jones? You know, I'm not sure, um, but I do think they're the most intriguing G5 team in the country, probably in terms of like the team most likely to crash that college football playoff party. That's probably the 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 big question. If you're asking me what the big question for Houston going forward is, is, is can the secondary hold up? If the secondary holds up, like I think you're exactly right. Every game on that schedule, I think you make an argument that right now, and I know you're a betting man. Would they be favor? Are they favored in every game they play this year? I, I'm interested to see what that Texas Tech line mm-hmm. is. Just in ju- just Power Five versus G Five. Sometimes you know, because remember, gambling lines aren't predictors. Yeah. They're they're a way to get half the money on both teams, right? And like people still have that G G Five versus Power Five kind of stigma. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised with it being at Lubbock that Texas Tech's like a point or two favorite. But other than that, yeah, they're favored everywhere that they go, even at UTSA. Let's pay some bills. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Scan that QR code. Go to TexasFootball.com slash uh, subscribe to become a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Our 5A preview of Tepid Step just went up. If you're into that kind of thing, we went for uh, an hour and 12 minutes on just class 5A. Craven's over there laughing. You're very good at laughing, like, quietly. Uh, but, yeah, that's we went for an hour and 12 minutes on 5A. Don't look at me like that. That's so on brand. <laughs> so you can get that if you're a Dave Campbell's Tech Football subscriber. A lot of other great stuff, uh, including we've got the previews that are in the magazine going up on the website. So, like, yesterday we had the Baylor preview. The whole stick in Baylor preview is up there uh, for you to read if you're a Dave Campbell's Tech Football subscriber. Uh, let me also tell you about our friends. Let me see if I can do this. Athletes to athletes. Hey, uh, that's the wrong one. Let's do this again, Greg. 
Uh, every high school athlete wants to play on the big stage, and every parent wants their child to be the best. But is making your target list of schools based on top 25 rankings really the best strategy? What about academics and location? What about coaching style, financial aid? There's so many factors that should be considered when selecting a college program outside of on-field performance. Our friends at Athletes to Athletes have put together a recruiting guide based around, uh, centered around providing a broader, more holistic perspective about what your college experience could be. It's got checklists, do's and don'ts, key strategies, and much more. It's a 22-page guide that covers everything you and your family should know as you walk through the college football or college recruiting journey, not just football. For a limited time, Athletes to Athletes is offering this guide to our audience for free. Just go to athletes2athletes.com slash Dave Campbell. Uh, download today the free college recruiting guide. That's athletes2athletes.com slash Dave Campbell. Back here with Mike Craven here. We are doing uh, speed dating, trying to get you interested in each and every one of the um, the 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas. We've done four. We are rolling on Mike Craven. Why should I be interested in the UTSA Roadrunners? Well, well, well. Uh, it's 72 degrees inside the Alamo Dome at all times. Uh, they serve margaritas. Uh, cover boy of Dave Campbell's Texas football, uh, coaching them. I, you know, jokes aside, that passing offense is going to be really good. When we think of UTSA over the last few years, it's been Sincere McCormick's show, right? He's been the face of the program. Well, you know, with Frank Harris coming back, he's got three really good receivers. Zagari Franklin, DeCorian Clark, uh, Josh Cephas. Like, those guys are, are really, really good. You know, there's only three teams, I think, last year that had receivers that put up those numbers that they did. Um, so they're, they're a really good returning trio. They're going to put up a lot of points. Four out of five offensive lineman back and again like we just talked about um, earlier with TCU lose, losing Zach Evans just because you lose a star running back doesn't mean you can't run the football like Jeff Trailer's been running the football well for like 30 plus years of his career like they're going to continue to do so they brought in Ty Edwards from the Juco level uh, Traylon Smith who, who led Arkansas at rushing at one point I think in 2020 mm-hmm. is a transfer to UTSA so they're, they're going to run the football my question is the defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. like they're going to have to really figure some stuff out, especially up front. They lose Clarence Hicks, who was their big sack guy, 10 and a half sacks last year, should have been Conference USA Defensive Player of the Year. I'll die on that hill for the rest of my career. Uh, so they're going to have to figure that out. Secondary is going to be pretty good, but the front seven's uh, going to be a struggle. The reason to watch UTSA, especially early in the year, is that out-of-conference schedule is amazing. Yeah. Right? They start at home against Houston. Mm-hmm. Then they go at Army, mm-hmm. and then at Texas, mm-hmm. right? Like they could be the best zero and three country, zero and three team in the country. Like I can make an argument that UTSA is a better football team this year, mm-hmm. but is going to have a much worse record. And so for them, it's going to be you know Jeff Trader's going to have to go back to his high school days where it's like non district and district, and we don't care about non district. That's just warming us up. Mm-hmm. That's the thing for UTSA because they're going to get beat up. Yeah. You know, even if they steal a game or two out of there, they're going to get beat up. Will they be ready for Conference USA? Because in that conference, they should still be the favorite. It's them or UAB. They should contend for a conference championship as long as they emerge from those three games relatively unscathed injury-wise. Yeah, that's the thing is that those three teams are going to beat them up, not only like potentially beat them on the scoreboard, but also like physically. Like Army, that's all they – Shout out Army. Uh, that's all they do. <laughs> Chop your knees off. Yeah, their whole their whole uh, raison d'etre is to go out there and, and and knock your block off. So I think you're right that that the schedule is at least going to be very entertaining before they get into conference play. And I think you're right. Like it wouldn't surprise anybody. I think if they went like nine and three. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And, and like ran the table in Conference USA uh, and won another conference championship. So, okay, I knew I had to talk you into pulling teeth there to get you talking about UTSA. Mike Craven, continuing our speed dating. Mike Craven, 
tell me why I should be interested in the Baylor Bears. They're going to beat people up. Yeah. Like, if you like old school, like, run them into the ground football, tune in to Baylor this year. Like, they have the best offensive line in the state, the best defensive line in the state. I love that wide zone. Like, it's just a really fun offense to, to watch, you know, happen. You know, because they run the ball, they're kind of slow moving outside, and then just a gap opens up, and it's like a 20-yard, you know, gain. I think Jeff Grimes is one of the better offensive coordinators in the country and doesn't get enough credit for that. Blake Shapin's going to make that passing game better. Like, I was a Gary Bohannon guy. I thought he was perfect for what Baylor was trying to do last year. Uh, did a great job. Wish him nothing but the best. Blake Shapin's a more upside, better passer than Gary Bohannon was. And that's going to be important because they lose most of their wide receivers. They're breaking in a whole new wide receiver group. They're going to need a quarterback. This is a guy who I think went 13-13 to start the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Really, or the Big 12 championship game, sorry. Um, and so, like, before he got hurt. Um, and so, like, he's going to be really good. That running game is going to be good. Like we talked about for the last couple teams, it's all about the offensive line and the scheme. Like, even though they lose their first couple running backs, they're going to be okay. And then defensively, Dylan Doyle is going to be, like, a household name by this time next year, mm-hmm. right? Like, Terrell Bernard dominated the discussion. Jalen Petrie dominated the discussion. Dylan Doyle is going to have 100-plus tackles. You know, he was at Iowa. He transferred to Baylor. And one of the more, more unique transfers I've ever heard of, he had never gone to Waco before he transferred to Baylor. Like, that's his wild. first day in Waco was his first day at Baylor for practice. Can you imagine? Jeez. Like that's, a, that's a crazy thing to do because of the pandemic. just yeah. made it weird. Like you just couldn't go on visits and stuff like that. So I think he emerges as one of the better defenders in the state and kind of a must-watch guy. Uh, I love Dave Aranda. I find him fascinating. Like, in a world of macho, egotistical coaches, right? And they all got to – you got to be yeah. to get to that point. Like that, that's not me saying a diss. I'm those things too, right? Mm-hmm. But Dave Aranda is a philosopher. You're talking more monk than college football coach. And I just find it interesting how well those guys play for him when he goes about it in a way that's so counterintuitive. Like my whole life, to get a team to play well, you had to scream at them, yep. yell at them, discipline them. Dave Aranda talks in about a, a voice about this loud and talks about not coaching at players but coaching with players. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's refreshing, and it's where the sport's moving to. You should go listen to, back in the Republic of Football Archives, the interview you did with, with Dave Aranda. It's really interesting. Because, like, he doesn't do, like, sit-down long-form interviews very often. Right. And, and it's very interesting, you know, you, you got to open up about just his whole philosophy and his whole idea of just, like, he's, he's, the, he's among the most unique college football coaches in America yep. just because he's not a rah-rah guy. And he's he's the guy, like, he became that meme, like, after they won the Big 12 or Sugar Bowl, one of the games, and they dumped water on him, and he just, like, kept walking. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, that's just kind of how he is. He's- he makes Marcus Aurelius feel like he's not stoic <laughs> enough. You know, like he, he, he he's great. And like, I, I just find him, I find him interesting in a world where most coaches are the same. Yeah. Dave Aranda is different and that's, that's good for the sport. We're doing uh, college football speed dating with Mike Craven here on Texas Football Today. We are uh, halfway through. How's your voice? You doing good? Yeah, I'm fine. I can do this all day. I know you can. Uh, Mike Craven, talk me into why I should be interested in the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Well, Joey McGuire's a, a favorite of everybody, right? Like, you know, Joey, Joey McGuire could walk into your family like Thanksgiving and convince you that he's always been a part of your family and that you just forgot, <laughs> you know? And so, like, Jones AT&T Stadium is maybe the second best place to watch a college football game in the state when it's packed. You know, Kyle Field, I think, mm-hmm. just kind of dominates that list, right? But 
Jones is fun. Like Texas Tech is a fun place to watch, and they're going to have some big games out there. Like Texas, when they come out there, and it's Texas versus Texas Tech, that's going to be a fun home game. Hosting Houston mm-hmm. is going to be a fun home game. Um, so they have a really fun, good schedule. Like they get OU at home. It's a they, tough schedule. Yeah, it's a tough but. schedule. But it, week in, week out, there's going to be a team to play. And, and I, you know, first year head coaches in the transfer portal, I think, are under more pressure. Because it's not like, well, you got to give me two or three recruiting cycles to get my guys in there. Nah, McGuire brought in five new offensive linemen, and so like they're gonna they're gonna want to play right away. I think the reason to watch Texas Tech is Zach Kitley. Mm-hmm. That offense is gonna be fun. I don't yeah. know who's gonna be the starting quarterback. I'd I'd imagine it's Tyler Shuck, but that offense is gonna be really really fun. Like he's putting up eighty points a game at Houston Baptist, right? I mean yeah. they scored like a thousand points last year at Western Kentucky, right? And those were with under recruited guys. He's gonna have more talent in theory at Texas Tech than he ever had at those previous two stops. They're gonna be really fun. I think it's gonna remind us a lot of Texas Tech in their glory years. Maybe not winning nine or ten games, but in terms of scoring forty or fifty points. And then that defense is gonna be like boomer bust like they're calling themselves the take three defense right they've come up with this algorithm that shows that if you win the turnover battle by three turnovers or more a game you win like 99.8 percent of your games or something like that so they're going to give up points they're going to give up yards but they're also going to make plays and they're also going to take chances that's something we haven't seen texas tech do in a while they usually just kind of sit back and just like take this slow death defensively Mm. i don't think that's what dc Tim DeRuiter is going to do. Um, so they're going to be a fun team. I think it's going to remind a lot of people of those Mike Leach teams where they're either winning or losing, you know, 50 to 42, and it's going to be must-watch TV every single time. Take the over. Yeah. Like, they're, they're going to be a good over-under team early in the year as people kind of adjust to, like, how many points Texas is going to score. Um, I've said this before, and, and, and we've talked about it around the office. What is so fascinating about Texas Tech is because they're bringing in Joey McGuire, Joey McGuire is schematically agnostic. Like, he's a guy who, especially on the offensive side, he's got some ideas on defense and stuff that he wants to do, but, like, offensively, he will, if he's got a guy who is a scrambling quarterback like he had, uh, you know, in the, like, the 06 run to a state championship, then it's like, yeah, let's let's let him loose. And if he's got more of a passing attack or if he's got a ground-and-pound team, he's going to fit the scheme to that. And so that's why bringing in Zach Kitley was so interesting. Because it's like, all right. Obviously, he thinks that's where they can recruit, which is probably right. If you're in the state of Texas, you might as well recruit quarterbacks and receivers because nobody puts out more than them. And it's proven that they'll go to Lubbock. Yes. Like, that happened. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can you can do it. And you could say, hey, look at Cliff Kingsbury. Look at Pat Mahomes. Look at th- these quarterbacks that we've put in the league and, and put in big you know big spots. Um, it'll be they will be fascinating. They might go five and seven, but they'll be fascinating. I think it's more likely they go five and seven than seven and five. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean this year's team is worse than last year's team. That schedule is just crazy. It like is. at North uh, NC State, mm-hmm. like that's going to be. I mean, NC State. I think when I say that, people don't like. Oh yeah. wow, NC State. That's a top fifteen team in the country, yeah. right? So uh, yeah, it's going to be hard to get to six wins for them, uh, but they should be a lot of fun to watch trying to do so. Speed dating with Mike Craven. Uh, here, college football insider for Dave Campbell's Texas Football. See his fine work at texasfootball.com. Uh, Mike Craven, I need you to spend two minutes talking me into why I should be interested in the Texas A&M Aggies. That's a great – this is a good one. Uh, so, I think with Texas A&M, as they proved last year, they can lose to anybody in the SEC. They can beat anybody in the SEC, right? I mean, they can win – they can beat Alabama. They can lose to Mississippi State, you know? And so I think that's true for most SEC teams, but especially Texas A&M, because who's their quarterback? Yeah. 
Like, I think we've all kind of moved to, like, Max Johnson being the favorite at quarterback. Max Johnson got ran out of LSU. You know, like, he's not like a barn burner or anything, right? Uh, so who is Haynes King? What is he going to do? You know, is Connor Wigman get in there eventually? I, I think their quarterback, you know, situation makes them interesting. The conference that they play in makes them interesting. On the offensive side of the ball, I think that makes them the most interesting is Devon A-Chain. Yeah. I mean, he averaged seven yards a carry last year in the SEC. More makes than the any- plane out of him. Right, yeah. More than anybody else in the conference. Like, the dude's fast. I mean, he's still running track. You know, he's like the third or fourth fastest kid in the country at the 60-meter indoors, right? So, I mean, the dude can fly. He's going to be more of a bell cow this year with Isaiah Spiller gone. Uh, So him and Aeneas Smith are going to get a lot of carries, uh, a lot of touches, I think, in and out of the backfield. And then what does Evan Stewart become? Like, can he have an Xavier Worthy type Mm -hmm. true freshman year? Because they're already talking about him like he's their number one target, which is crazy. Right? To like be like, what, he, three months removed from prom? He, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like you're already the best receiver at A&M, which probably says something about A&M struggles recruiting at, at wide receiver. But uh, defensive side of the ball, like that recruiting class they brought in is stellar. Yeah. Like I don't know if it's the best recruiting class of like all time, the way it's billed by some people and by 24-7 and stuff like that in terms of this, you know, the way that they do their metrics. Uh, but they have like six or seven top 100 defensive linemen coming in. How quickly can they handle SEC football? Mm-hmm. Like that's a huge question uh, for me. So that secondary is the best in the country. Like mm-hmm. it is Antonio Johnson is elite. He's an All-American at nickel. Uh, Jalen Jones at corner. Tyreek Chappell at corner, really good. Damani Richardson at safety is really good. So they got dudes. They're probably, you know, on paper the most talented team in the state. Uh, For me, I just – you see these preseason polls come out, and it's like A&M 6th, A&M 7th, A&M's 8th. I think we had them at 11th or 12th mm-hmm. just because I don't know who their quarterback is. Yeah. And until they have consistent play at quarterback, how can you expect them to be consistent in the SEC? I, again, I, I fully admit they have the talent to beat anybody on their roster, mm-hmm. or I mean on their schedule. I also think they're not going to be consistent enough week in and week out to beat everybody on their roster. 2023 mm-hmm. is kind of that year that they have a chance. This one's a gear-up year. How good can they get by the end of the year to set the table for a real run the following season? Yeah, it's really interesting because, like, they are, you know, they they went 8-4 and four last year with a win over Alabama. You know what I mean? They went 8-4 and four with a win over Alabama last year. It feels like like we should be talking a little bit more about how like that was pretty disappointing like eight and four last year with that schedule and that roster admittedly they had quarterback issues and stuff like that um it feels like if they were to go eight and four this year the the conversation is going to be very different and i feel like like if they were to go eight and four especially like nine and three this year you'd be like boy the wave is coming in 2023 like y'all better y'all better gear up because i do think that they are from a roster perspective they are the most talented at a lot of the really important parts, uh, the parts that I value, which are offensive line, defensive line. They are going to be potentially elite, elite, like best in the country uh, type for the next couple of years. And so that's what makes them so interesting is how quickly those, those, those puppies grow up. And, uh, and, and can they find a quarterback and consistent quarterback play to make it stand up, basically? Because they could recruit really well, in part, because they're the only Texas team in the SEC. Yeah. Well, that's coming to an end. Yeah. Right? And that, th- that's going to create more dogfights in recruiting. Like, you're, you're probably not going to sign the best overall class in the history of 
Every year. Every year. Yeah. You know, especially with Texas coming into the SEC. This is kind of their shot. Like, they, they have built this roster, right? Like, where can they get to by the end of this year that makes us all feel good that Texas A&M is one of the top five teams in the country heading into 2023? To me, that's the fascinating part. Kind of like Mac Brown's teams at Texas before they got over the hump. It was like, okay, they're loading up. They're loading up. They're loading up. Yeah. How close are they? Yeah, I've, I've had conversations with, with Aggie friends, and I think that, that a lot of them are, are, are in agreement that 2022 is not the year. 2021 may have been a, a, a shot. 2022 is not the year. 2023, like, they just want to see that the, right. the build. They to need that. to be locked and loaded. Exactly right. Uh, we're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football on the Lone Star State. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. And now a word from our friends at VCR Now. Pickle! Oh, that's the wrong thing. Don't do that, you big dummy. No, don't do that. Oh, I've screwed it all up. It's so bad. Pickle, please come back. Oh, God. Oh, see, Mike's drinking. It's all very bad. Here is a word from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas loved doing business with fellow Texans. VCR Now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855 Go VCR now. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855 Go VCR now. And a very normal thing there happening, you know, just us uh, producing a show, playing an ad. That's 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 what we do here. Uh, we are speed dating college football style with Mike Craven, our college football insider. Um, we were talking about how we were kind of surprised it took that long to just have a total technical meltdown. But hey, you know what? No parents, no rules, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what you get. That's what you get for leaving pickle. I, I have to use a different camera. I'm thir- you know what's funny is like you know a lot of times with at work you kind of feel like this like ant that isn't important. You know like if you if you left work mm-hmm. it would just continue on, right? Like I I leave the Austin American Statesman. I'm sure they're doing as as well as they were when I was there, right? Like Ashley Pickle leaves and it all goes downhill. Like that's got to be a pretty yeah. good confidence now, boost. Now, now. It's Pickle and Mallory, right? Because we have a, like we have a we have a backup. We have, sure. a, we have a QB two that sure. we feel pretty yeah, good. Mallory is my quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I'm not here to disparage yeah. Mallory Hartley, but at like, all. but like those like the two women on the editorial team leave, and it's just like right. Lord of the Flies. Right, what do we do with our hands? Yeah. <laughs> all right, we're we're speed dating college football style with Mike Craven. Mike Craven, I need two minutes. Tell me why I should be interested in the mighty Texas State Bobcats. Is this the top? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, jokes aside, I'm just I, I was like bring Ish in here for this one, right? Ish is gonna uh, burst through the door yeah, like, nah, like need a reliever. You, talk, you talking ass? <laughs> need a reliever? Uh, no, I I think this is a very important year for Jake Spavadol, right? I mean, this kind of feels like one of those kind of like 
make or break type of years for Texas State. I, I think the good news for Texas State is they have a really good running game, a good offensive line. Their passing game should be better. Like Lane Hasher comes in from Arkansas State, who's done it at this level. He has 7,000 career passing yards in the Sun Belt. You know, he he went yeah. from conference foe, Arkansas State, to Texas State. So he's going to be facing some of the same defenses, some of the same teams. There's not going to be this, like, hey, you have to adjust to moving to this level or figuring out this defense. He should have a pretty feel pretty good feel uh, for the conference. So they think the offense has to be better. The defense should also be better. They're kind of changing some things around, moving some guys around. Jordan Revels is going to have a, a big year. He's going to be more on the edge and able to just, you know, get after the passer. You know, for Texas State, it's amazing. Like, that that four wins last year, you know, was the best they've had in about a decade, mm-hmm. right? And so they've never made a bowl game as an FBS level uh, program, who are they? What do they want to do? You know, and I, I think this year is going to be the year where we kind of figure that out if they don't get to six wins because they don't have the greatest support behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're still work in the weight room, for example. Texas State has to have three or four different like sessions mm-hmm. to have one weightlifting s- session because the locker room or the weight room is not big enough. If they practice indoors, they go to San Marcos High School. You know, until this last year, they weren't doing cost of attendance scholarships, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, it does feel with new powers to be behind the scenes that it's ramping up and Texas State is starting to kind of realize, okay, we're going to have to, like, spend to make this thing happen. Is it this year? Can it be this year? Because if it's not, it, I think Jake Spavadol may be out of time. And that's unfortunate because, like, he's a big uh, – Jake Spavadol, big fan of ROF, right? Yeah. We love we love Jake Spavadol. <laughs> we appreciate Jake. But it's one of those things where you're going to have to win more games than you are. Four games can't be the ceiling at Texas State. And the other thing that I, I think is really interesting is that in the era of the transfer portal and in the era of, of all of these things, he has been – he has blazed his own trail. And he said, look, like, like, like it or not, he has zigged when everyone else has zagged and said – I am going to go portal shopping. I am going to bring in guys. Like It used to be that you would go and bring in transfers, a lot of JUCO guys, because you need to get old quickly. He just wants to stay old, like, yeah. forever, and, and get guys who are kind of off, I don't want to say the scrap heap, but out of the transfer portal. And, and you know, basically, you know, he, what, he's taken three high school players in the last two recruiting classes? Yeah. That is risky, and and it's a big risk-reward thing. If it works, he's a genius. But if it doesn't, and it might need to work this year, he might be out of a job. But some of it's out of necessity. Like yeah. the Zion Childress thing is the perfect example why Jake Spavadol does what he does. They go to New Caney. They find a quarterback that nobody's really recruiting. They get him to Texas State, turn him to safety, and he's an all-conference safety. Yeah. And as soon as he gets to be an all-conference safety, he's at Kentucky now. Yeah. Right, so if you are, if you have limited resources, right, if you're not Texas, Texas A&M, where you can just like jet set across the country and bring in whoever you want. If you have limited resources, you have to spend that wisely on the recruiting trail. You can't just bring in all these high school guys, find all these diamonds in the rough, rough, mm-hmm. just for them to kind of polish up and then go play for SEC teams, right? Mm-hmm. If you can get a guy as a transfer, especially if he has two or three years of eligibility left, it's hard to transfer second time. Mm-hmm. You get the free transfer, but it's harder to transfer the second time. You get those guys locked in a little bit more. So I think he's doing what he considers to be high school recruiting. He's just doing it mm-hmm. for redshirt freshmen. 
Yeah. For redshirt sophomores, you know, like he's not bringing in a lot of grad transfers. Yeah. You know, he's bringing in guys with a couple years of eligibility and going, okay, well now you can't transfer for free. And we feel like we can put in those resources to you to develop. And hopefully you're around for us to reap those benefits because you do that at the high school level. And by the time you're reaping those benefits, they've transferred to a bigger school. Speed dating college football style with Mike Craven here on Texas football today. Three more to go. Mike Craven. Talk me into why should I be interested in the Rice Owls? I think they're going to be a better. I think this is the most talented team that Rice has had since David Bailiff was winning nine, ten games in conference championships mm. games. Like their offensive line's pretty good. Their wide receivers, even though they lost Jake Bailey to transfer, you know, are pretty good. Like they got they got some real transfers in there that are, that are going to help. Um, you know, they moved Luke McCaffrey over to wide receiver, and it's funny. You know, they were they were talking about like, well, we thought Luke would need some time uh, to adjust moving from quarterback to wide receiver. You know, it's almost like his dad played wide receiver in the NFL for 12 years, right? So, like, that's a very athletic family. I think they're going to be fine at wide receiver. We make this joke. I think I've gotten this kind of reputation on ROF as always saying, like, well, Rice's secondary is really good. Well, Rice's secondary <laughs> it is. is really good, right? Like, they, they got, you know, they got, you know, a couple safeties back from injury. Uh, Gabe Taylor is an emerging star at safety. You know, Sean Fresh, uh, Dunbar at cornerback are, are really good. They're good at, 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 on the defensive line. If they're linebackers that are kind of new to the program play well and they can figure out the second level, Rice's defense is going to be a top four, top five defense in conference usa mm-hmm. they went four and eight last year two of those losses were in overtime mm-hmm. right so they're two overtime losses away from making a bowl game if they can make a bowl game if they can figure out the quarterback position and that that's going to be the the bugaboo and it has mm-hmm. been for mike bloomgren's entire you know history at, at rice if they can figure out the quarterback position they are a middle of the road conference usa team and we saw utep last year make that jump like there's there is a separation between utsa and uab and the rest of the conference mm-hmm. but there's not much of a separation between the worst teams in the conference and utep yeah. right like and so they can pass law tech they can pass, you know southern miss in there anymore charlotte's not there anymore you know like they can be a team that reaches six wins and if they do that that's a great springboard into the american when we we're talking about north texas earlier and now we're talking about rice i think both of those coaches have a lot to prove this year because moving into a new conference feels like the natural time to make a change if you're going to make a change and so these feel like big years for Rice and North Texas because if I'm the admin, if I'm the AD, I go, okay, well, we're not performing as well as we thought we should in Conference USA. Do we carry that over to the American? That makes these years really, really important. I, I think that you're right, and I think that they are, A, I think they're going to be more talented. I think they're just – it's a more talented roster than it was last year. They have depth. They have depth, yes. And if they can just get a couple of bounces to go their way – Seven and five is not a stretch for Rice. I mean, really and truly. And that would feel like such, like, we we watched a lot of Rice football last year. That's a weird brag. Um, (laughs) We watched a lot of Rice football last year. I can tell that that team was better than four and eight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Bloomgren said like halfway through the year he found his depth chart from spring and eight out of the 11 defenders he had starting weren't even healthy anymore. Yeah. Right? I mean, they lost three quarterbacks in the Texas game alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They just had no consistency. But now I think the two deep is there to where like they lose a couple guys, which happens in football, they're going to be okay. And then this is going to sound really silly, but they brought in a kicker, Tim Horn, who's going to help them a lot. Like they were atrocious. They were real bad. Team. Like to the point where they couldn't even kick field goals, right? And if you're losing multiple overtime games, 
games, to me that suggests that the margin of error is razor thin. And if you can just have a kicker and all of a sudden, you know, fourth and four on the 30 doesn't mean you got to go for it. You can take three points. You know, maybe they can be in some of those close games because, you know, the way they play leads it, lends itself to having a bunch of close games. Yeah. Special teams becomes really important. That's the last time I ever talk about a kicker. I love it. Broke, broke my own rule. More kicker talk. All right, Michael, two more to go as we are speed dating here. Mike Craven, why should I be interested in the Texas Longhorns? Well, uh, have you ever seen Bajan Robinson run a football? I saw that once. It because cool. it is art. Like, it is high art. Uh, he is the best running back I've seen in a really, really long time um, in this state. I remember when I was on the recruiting trail, I went out to Arizona when he was a junior and watched him. And a lot of times you go out there and you're like, yeah, I mean, that guy's a really good player. Right. But like they need to get better at this and they need to get better at that. Or they got to fill out. They got to mature. But John Robinson checked every single box. Like he's just, he's like Adrian Peterson, right? Where you saw him in high school and you're like, yeah, that guy is really good. Do you remember those toys when you were a kid that you like couldn't knock over? They were bigger at the base than they were at the top and you tackle them. Yeah. And go, That's Bajon Robinson. You can't hit them clean. You just can't. So Xavier Worthy, Bajon Robinson, Quinn Ewers, Jatavion Sanders, Isaiah Nayor, right? Have I interested Jordan Whittington? Yeah. Right. Like, that offense is going to be really good. Like that's a great that's a great assembly of of skill position players. Offensive line is getting better, so they may score 40, 45 points a game. Conversely, <laughs> they may give up forty to forty five points a game, and so that's that's that makes for fun football, right? As a neutral, you know you're gonna you're gonna hit a lot of eighty overs, you know, and that kind of stuff. They play Alabama week two, so if you're a sadist and you like you know you like to watch Texas get beat up on, you know, like that's going to be satisfying for a lot of people. Their schedule is really weird. They only go out of the state three times this year. They don't leave Texas until October 22nd because they're technically the road team against Oklahoma, but that happens in Dallas, right? Another road game at Tech. And so, like, they don't leave the state very often. Last year they had a lot of travel. This year they go uh, to Oklahoma State, to Kansas State, and to Kansas. Mm -hmm. Like, those are their only road games. So when we were talking earlier and you said TCU had this really huge, you know, variance, variance level – I think Texas is the perfect team for that this year. If you told me they're ten and two, I'd be like, "Yeah, Quinn Ewers was really good, and they figured out the defense." Like, awesome. If you told me they were five and seven, I'd be like, "Okay, well, they still can't rush the quarterback. You know, Hudson Card must have had to play more than they thought. Uh, something happened there behind the scenes that that isn't very good." They're bringing in thirty-five new players. Thirty-five of their eighty-five scholarship players are new. Mm-hmm. Like, it is a roster turnover. I don't think anybody knows what's to expect. You know, like that Alabama game could be 49 to 3. It could be 49 to 45. I have no idea. And that makes for fun football if you don't care about the winning and the losing. You're going to watch a Texas game. And we were talking about soccer being boring earlier because it doesn't score enough. Texas is going to score plenty of points, and teams are going to score plenty of points against Texas. Yeah. It's going to be very pointsy, uh, those Texas games. I will will also, I, I just like to belie your point. There is a real argument that QB1. RB1, WR1, Texas is the most talented team in America. I mean, yeah. those three, that trio, if you're looking between Ewers, Bijan Robinson, and Xavier Worthy, who... And then and then tight end one. Yeah. Because they got Jalil Billingsley from Alabama to transfer, and then Jatavion Sanders is a sneaky little five-star recruit that like everybody forgot about. Like, he was a little five-star. He was like <laughs> one-handed mossing people in high school, right? Like he he showed up to college and had never played tight end before. He never put his hand on the ground other yeah. than to play defense. So he had to learn the position last year. Like if he emerges mm-hmm. with those guys you're talking about, Bajon Worthy, 
you know, Whittington even in the slot, if he can stay healthy, like it's an assembly of weapons. Yeah. Like it, it really is an assembly of weapons. The offense is going to be great, and the defense is also going to play. All right. One last one. Do you know who we're doing? Do you, do you know who we haven't talked about? SMU. That's right. Mike Craven, give me two minutes. Why should I be interested in the SMU Mustangs? Well, if you like no huddle, hurry up offenses, this is about as good as it gets, right? Like they're like the old school Phoenix Suns trying to shoot bet- before 10 seconds counts on the shot clock type thing. Like they're going to run a lot of plays. Tanner Mordecai is going to throw 4,000 yards. Rasheed Rice is going to break 1,000 yards receiving. Uh, that passing offense is going to be really good. Remember, this is the same Rhett Lashley that was the offensive coordinator at SMU when they were winning 19 games and like Shane Bichelle was throwing for a monster amount of yards, all that kind of stuff. Like they're going to be really good. Kamar Wheaton transferred in from Alabama as a redshirt freshman and he's a far, former five-star recruit that ran like a 10 800 mm-hmm. as like a high school kid the kid can fly right and the guys who have already been out at SMU practice and stuff have said that he even in shorts he just looks different mm-hmm. he just looks like a different dude and so they did lose Ulysses Bentley uh, the fourth uh, to the transfer portal to Ole Miss same as same as Zach Evans from TCU which is a very weird ironic thing that happened but I think they may be even better at running back than they were last year if Wheaton can be you know what they think he is the Trey Siggers is still there, all that kind of stuff. Uh, defensively, I think Scott Simons is an emerging defensive coordinator that we'll all be talking about in five or ten years. Like he's going to be a guy who's only at SMU for two years because he's that good. Like it's going to be hard uh, to keep him at SMU. He's really good. You go and you talk to those guys. Like I went and talked to Jimmy Phillips for the magazine mm-hmm. when we were doing magazine stuff, and he freely was like, "Man, when you think of SMU, you think of the offense. Mm-hmm. We're trying to change that." We want to be better defensively. That defensive line with Devere Levelston, uh, Elijah Chapman, Turner Cox, those are really, really good players that can keep those linebackers free. I don't know how good the secondary is, so they may give up a lot of big plays, which is, exci- which is exciting for the mm-hmm. neutral. SMU has positioned itself in this weird place to where like they're disappointed they got left out of conference realignment, but they may emerge as a winner, like a sneaky kind of winner of this. Because once Houston, Cincinnati, once they're gone from the American, SMU is the clear favorite to run that conference. Yes. Like especially with the news that they're going to give football players thirty six thousand dollars a year or whatever from the Boulevard Collective, they're going to be really good. This is kind of that gear up year, kind of like when we were talking about with A and M, you know, mm-hmm. earlier. They, if they can position themselves to kind of like be good by the end of the year, they go into 2023 as like one of those G5 teams you're going to have to really watch because the teams from the G5 level you got to really watch, like Cincy and Houston, are going to be in the Big 12, right? Mm-hmm. So they can really kind of position themselves as that, that kind of top tier G5 program. Dallas has a bunch of money. Obviously, SMU has a bunch of money. Uh, with the new NIL landscape, like they can be a really good football team. And I, I just find it ironic, right? That like the school that was given the death penalty for paying players is now going to emerge from the rubble because we're allowed to pay players again. It is pretty remarkable. And um, and I, I think I think you're right. I think that SMU is going to be like from from a neutral perspective like if you're just looking to be entertained Texas is going to be that way SMU is going to be that way like North Texas has a chance to be that way if kind of things break right who else is going to be just like neutral I think they're all going to be they're all worth watching yeah. tech tech is going to be from a neutral perspective Kitley just like and stuff. just pointsy interested like turn it on and, and turn off your brain and then I think Houston becomes a yeah. team if they get through the non-conference schedule if yes. they get into conference play undefeated it's like watch yeah. out they become the story right yeah so there you go that is all 12 FBS teams we did it speed dating 
That's yeah. Fun. Oh, we we're not doing Sam Houston next. Or? And here with a little <laughs> bit on Stephen F. Austin is Mike Craven. Xavier Gibson is <laughs> probably the leading candidate for the Walter Payton Trophy, yeah. which is like the Heisman mm-hmm. for FCS. Going to be really good. Trey Self at quarterback, awesome. Return a lot of defender. If they're going to get Sam Houston, this has to be the okay. year. I need you to save this because if we can tease this. <laughs> Uh, you're going to do a podcast. Our friend Corey Hogue, our small yeah. college insider, is coming in, and you guys are going to record a special kind of bonus podcast edition of, of ROF, right? Yep. Okay. We're going to do kind of like a nerd cast. We're taking, uh, you know, uh, we're going to follow in your footsteps with oh, the step you. and tep kind of nerd cast yeah. thing that y'all do. We're going to get the ROF, we're going to have him on as a guest, and we're going to do 10 or 15 minutes of kind of like broad stroke FCS mm-hmm. stuff. And then afterwards, Corey and I are going to sit in this room, and we're going to do like a 5A type hour and 15 minute You're long You're going to order preview. pizza. Right. <laughs> and we're, we're going to go through FCS and uh, really do it. And, and if it does well, I think we're really kicking around the idea of doing an FCS podcast on a weekly basis. So if that's something people would be interested oh. in, we'd kind of like love to hear yeah. kind of the feedback and see if that's something people would want to listen to. A reminder, Republic of Football live Wednesday at 2 o'clock um, uh, starring Mike Craven uh, Ishmael Johnson and Mallory Hartley uh, Pickle is back tomorrow thank God um, but yeah uh, Craven thanks for doing this dude you're welcome appreciate right. you having me alright that's going to do it for us thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us follow us on Twitter at DCTF like us on Facebook facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's follow us on Instagram instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's and of course see us at texasfootball.com thanks to Mike Craven for being our guest Mike do it Vince Young Come get your trophy. It's 21 years old. We will see you tomorrow with a competent producer on Texas Football Today.